What is up, everybody? How are you doing today? Welcome back to the Donor Den, where we review MMA fights, talk a little shit, and have some fun. Hope everybody has been good on our little hiatus. Um, as you can tell, now I have a way better mic. I don't have to use my phone to record stuff anymore, so we're going to hopefully have a lot more episodes coming up soon. Right now, this is going to be reviewing all the amazing fights that we had last week weekend um there was amazing mma fights and we had some great boxing uh unfortunately there's some mixed results uh in what i thought was gonna happen but uh, that's what i love about mma you never know what's really gonna happen so let's get right into it first off we had ufc this was another one of those espn cards it was not a pay-per-view um which makes sense because of who was fighting on the card, all the issues that we were having. Um, I do want to bring something to light before we talk about this, um, and that would be um, Walt Harris. He was supposed to be the co-main event fighting Alistair Overeem on this card, but he um, unfortunately had a very sad personal emergency where his stepdaughter was kidnapped and murdered. So if you are listening to this and you have any way to reach out to him or his family via social media, anything like that, just to show him some love during this difficult time, um, I'm sure he would appreciate it. But back to the fights. On the early prelim card, there wasn't really anybody that um, we needed to talk about, but um, on the prelim card, not the early prelim card, on the normal prelim card that was on ESPN, not ESPN+, Plus, there was one, yeah, one fight that I really liked, and it was, wait, 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 no, there was another one, wasn't there, there was, um, yeah, 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 the Bryce Mitchell fight, so we're gonna talk about that one first, Bryce Mitchell is this dude from, I think he's from Texas, but he, um, stays in Arkansas now, trains out of there, he is one bad motherfucker, he hit this guy with a twister, and so if you don't know what a twister is, it is a, it's a pretty complex, uh, ground submission, so it's essentially, like, there's chokes, um, arm bars, leg locks, stuff like that, this is actually a spinal, oh my god, I sounded like Mike Tyson right there, spinal, spinal, um, no, it was, it's, it's like a, um, it's like a back crank type thing, it's very difficult to, um, explain, but, it's extremely painful and one of the most rare submissions in MMA. This is only the second one to have ever been landed. Um, the first one was the Korean Zombie. He actually legally changed his name to Korean Zombie, which is pretty fucking cool in my opinion, uh, against Leonard Garcia. Uh, Leonard Garcia, for you hardcore fans, he was back in the day um, WEC fighter, and then came over to the UFC, lost a fair amount, and I'm, uh, I don't know where he's fighting out of now, if he is still fighting for any organization, I'm not 100% positive, but this Bryce Mitchell, he's got, he's got a lot of potential, he is insanely good, his ground game is phenomenal, he's really good on the mic, and all he wants is some fucking camo shorts, give this dude his motherfucking camo shorts, that's all he wants, he just wants to be in there and redneck out. Let him redneck out in the UFC. Come on, y'all. What the hell's wrong with you? Um, but yeah, the next fight I really want to talk about is Tim Means versus Tiago Alves. So this, this, this was one. This was one for the hardcores because a lot of people don't really know who Tim Means is because he 
got stifled during his rise up. He was a great fighter. He was starching dudes, doing exactly what he needed to do. And then because of USADA and their new insane, insane testing, um, he got he got put off. Um, so if you don't know anything about what's going on with USADA and the testing, let me give you a little background real quick. They they have gotten so good at testing these fighters for um, metabolic steroids, anything like that, anything that covers it up, uh, diuretics, anything like that. They have become so good and so advanced in their testing methods that um, I know in like California they found like Xanax and all this other stuff in the water, like in trace amounts. So if someone say like a UFC fighter drinks tap water from one of these contaminated sources or something like that, their pee may have some of that left over and it will come up in a test, just like a tainted supplement, anything like that. It's it, they're, They've become so advanced with their testing that it's essentially impossible for people to be clean unless they're not even taking anything. So they've dialed it back on uh, the way that they are going to implement punishments um so unfortunately tim means was not one of the ones that's going to be that's going to be taken care of after this because this was so long ago but it's it's just how the sport is but anyway he if you remember earlier this year he fought nico price nico price is on the rise in 170 as well he's a badass motherfucker he's knocking everybody out in weird ways um nico price beat tim means but tim means broke his leg in that fight and for him to come back like he did was absolutely amazing. He hit Tiago with a straight right, knocked him down, hit him with a little bit of ground and pound, and then got in um, a very good position to hit him with a guillotine choke. It was like a front, like a front head, front headlock guillotine type thing. It was very, very impressive, especially for Tim Means, who's known for knocking people out. And Tiago Alves is a vet. I mean, Tiago Alves has been around since what 2005, I believe. Um, let me double check that. I think that's when he first started fighting in the UFC. It was 2005. Yep, 2005, November 19th. Hey, that's my brother's birthday. Uh, November 19th, 2005 was the first time he ever was in the UFC. So he's been around for fucking ever. And for Tim Means to put him away like that, it was very impressive. Um, now we're going to move on to the main card. This is this is honestly a great card, uh, especially if you know anything about fighting. Like, if you know fighters, like, if you don't know... Like, if all you know about fighting is, like, Conor McGregor and stuff like that, you're really not going to enjoy a, a card like this. But for hardcores like me, who have been watching UFC since they were a child, I absolutely loved it. First, we had Rob Font versus Ricky Simon. Rob Font, great fighter, uh, up-and-comer in the bantamweight. Uh, he was fighting Ricky Simon. If you don't remember Ricky Simon, he's got that sick fucking mullet, and he fought uh, Uriah Faber on Uriah Faber's comeback fight and got knocked out. Unfortunately, it's what happens. He's a, like Ricky Simon's an upcoming fighter. The UFC's not like boxing. You can lose on your way up to the top and still be considered one of the greatest of all time. Anderson Silva. George St. Pierre. Both of them have lost in their careers, and they are considered the greatest in their divisions. Same with uh, Stipe Miocic. He is now finally being considered one of the greatest heavyweights of all time after everything he's accomplished. And he's lost, obviously, because he lost once to DC, but he had lost before that. He'd lost to Stefan Struve and stuff like that. Um, this was a good fight. It was pretty even. Um, I gave it to Rob, obviously, just like the judges did. It was a it was a good fight, entertaining. Um, nothing special. I uh, if either of these guys are going to step up in competition and be able to like hold a title or contend for a title, they're gonna have to, I think, 
I don't know exactly what they're going to need to do, but specifically for Ricky Simon, he's going to have to round out his game a little bit more. Um, but Rob Font's good. I think he just needs to keep doing what he's doing, and he'll do all right. Um, I think he's on a win streak, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's on a two-fight win streak after losing to Rafael Sunsal, who was a freaking monster. He's... he's no, no, no shame losing to that guy. Uh, and then we had Cody Stamen and Song Ye Dong. This pissed me the fuck off, if we're being honest. So, Song Ye Dong, um, he's a very good fighter, very young, um, but he hit Cody Stamen with a very, very blatant illegal knee. Like, you gotta know the fucking rules. You can't be kneeing people when they're on the ground, in the head. That's just not, it's not how the sport works. And so, what happened was uh, Song Yedong was stand like had Cody Stamen on the ground in like pretty much the, where they're like on their knees in front of each other, looking at each other, and then uh, Se Dong stands up and then knees um, Cody Stamen in the face, which is 100% illegal. It was a hard knee too, a very hard knee, and for Stamen to come back and fight through that is very impressive because he could have just gotten the DQ win, uh, but he didn't. He decided to fight it out, and I think he should have won that fight. So the way that this went, it was a 29-27, 28-28, 28-28 for a majority draw. That means those fucking judges had to give every round to Song Ye Dong, which is absolutely absurd. He did not win every single one of those rounds. I think he didn't even win two of those. I think he won one round. So Cody Stamen, 137%, I don't know why I picked that number, 137% should have won that fight. And he got absolutely robbed. But I think a lot of the people who watch that fight and the people in the UFC know he won that fight. So I think he's going to be on his way up from here. Song Ye Dong, he's like 20 fucking one. Like, that dude's going to be all right. He'll be all right. We don't got to worry about him. And then the next one is Aspen Ladd and uh, Yana Kunitskaya. Aspen Ladd is a stocky uh, grappler. And then Yana is a pretty good striker. Uh, she was... She, she fought uh, Cyborg uh, and got her ass kicked. But, I mean, you got to give her props to fight cyborg i mean pretty much nobody ever wants to fight her and she got her ass whooped but it was it was a really good fight so first two rounds i think aspen lad was winning but apparently her corner wanted to light a fire up under her ass and told her like she needed to go out there and and like do it like it was this crazy speech that didn't really have anything to do with uh technicality not telling her to throw anything specific not telling her to counter anything that yana kunitskaya was doing it wasn't it it was just it was like out of a movie. It was like one of those where they're just like, you go there, kick grass, blah, blah, blah. And it was absolutely amazing to see because she comes out there and the first punch she throws, she throws a lunging left hook and catches Kuninskaya and drops her and then just ground and pounds her out and wins the fight. It was, it was really cool to see, especially after Aspen. I think recently she lost to, not, I don't know if it was recently, but I do know that she lost to Durandamine. Uh, and that was, um, yeah, it was, it was her last fight. Yeah, 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 okay, so I was right. Um, I don't know why I thought it was, like, two fights ago. But, yeah, she lost. It was unfortunate. Like, she just got caught with a with the, like, first punch that, um, Jermaine Durandamine threw, not, sat her on her butt, and then I think the ref called it a little bit early because she seemed like she was still defending herself okay, but I understand. It, it's, it's a, it was a fine stoppage. I wasn't, there wasn't anything too wrong with it. Okay. This next one, Ben Rothwell versus Stefan Struve. This one was so fucking weird. So fucking weird. So, Ben Rothwell, I think in the, I think it was the first round. In the very first round, he accidentally kicks uh, Stefan Struve in the groin. 
groin strikes hurt. I don't know uh, if any of you guys have ever worn a cup and been hit in that area. It hurts really bad. Really bad. But I... <sighs> I'm not trying to be an asshole or undermine uh, the courage it takes to step into that ring but Struve didn't seem like he wanted to be in there once he got hit with that cup shot like he played it up all this stuff and then he could have gotten out of it but he allowed uh which is really weird Dan Mergliata to talk him into continuing the fight Struve seemed like he didn't want to be in there he had a way out I mean there's nothing wrong with the uh, like if you get kicked and it really did hurt him that bad there's nothing wrong with him taking the, the uh, no contest, it happens. That's what happens in, an, in, in the fight game. There's going to be irregularities that you can't control. But he decided to go back in there. And what was it, with three seconds left? There was a couple of knockouts this main card. And both of them happened to be heavyweight where it was like at the end of the round. This one wasn't the end of the fight, like the Rosenstrike and uh, Alistair Overing fight. But this one was... Ah... <sighs> It was sad to see because I think Struve should have stayed retired. This was like he was retired after his last fight. He came back and then now he's in there with Ben Rothwell, who's hungry. This dude has been testing positive uh, for steroids with USADA, which means that like he hasn't been able to fight as much as he wants to. He lost his last three fights by decision, so you know he's going to be coming out there trying to fucking wreck whoever he's going to be fighting because he doesn't want to leave it in the hands of the judges. And it was just sad to see, honestly. I think Stefan Shrew should just hang up the gloves. I don't think he should be there anymore. He doesn't seem like he wants to. When you're fighting, it can't be something that you're half-assing or, like, one foot in and one foot out. Like, there's people there that are hungry for the title that want to literally destroy everything that you are. And you're, like, one foot in, one foot out. You're not going to beat those people. It's just not going to happen. And I think that's one, th one thing that happened here. I think Ben Rothwell is still hungry. Stefan Struve just isn't hungry anymore. Um, and he's been knocked out a lot. Not like Alistair Overeem a lot, but still a fair amount. He got his jaw broken. He's had some horrific knockouts in the UFC. And I would just like to see him coach. You know what I mean? Like, he's got... He, he, he's a good fighter. He's definitely got some good technical skill. Um, it's just... It's just sad to see. I don't like seeing people be in there when they don't when it seems like they don't want to be in there maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm 100 wrong and i shouldn't be talking about it and i should shut the fuck up about it but i'm gonna keep talking because that's what i do um next we have marina rodriguez and cynthia calvillo i love cynthia calvillo as a fighter she's very entertaining she's very she's very well-rounded she's a good fighter but she can't fucking make weight and that's a huge problem and it's not like she's barely missing weight. She's missing weight by a lot. Like, every fucking time. Like, she... Yeah, look at this. Um, she's had eight, ten fights. Ten fights. And she has missed weight in one, two, three, four. Four out of ten fights. That's almost 50% of her fights she can't make weight. I don't know what you're doing, Cynthia, but... You either need to put down the tamales because you're Hispanic. I don't know why I said tamales. Uh, it's probably because it's Christmas time and I want some goddamn tamales. Uh, or you need to move up. Like you need to you need to figure something out. Maybe you need to get a better trainer, like a dietitian, something. You, whoever whoever's helping out Khabib, go talk to them because Khabib used to miss weight all the time and now he's doing fine. So go talk to them, figure it out. Um, Marina Rodriguez looked really good. Um, I think she she held her own. Um, I'm not. 
I don't know who I had winning this fight. It was tough. I think I, I would say Marina. I would say Marina. I think she had the first two rounds, and then C Cynthia. But Cynthia dominated that last round, so you could give her a 10-8 round, and then psh, there you go. That's how you get the draw. Would make sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just really don't know what what to do with uh, Cynthia. Like, she's a very good fighter. Like, if she wasn't so popular, like, because she's very popular, um, especially for like a woman woman fighter. Uh, unfortunately, the women don't get a lot of the recognition that they deserve. The best fighter in the UFC at this moment in time, in my opinion, is a female. I think the top three, like two out of the top three are women. That's the crazy part. I think it's, um, oh my God, how did I forget her name? How did I forget her name? I'm crazy. Anyway, um, Amanda Nunes, jeez. That's what happens when, uh, when you have a little too much herbal tea. Um, yeah, Amanda Nunes, I think she's number one. Uh, if we're going by not genders, like it mixed women's and men best fighters, Amanda Nunes is number one. Number two is John Jones. Number three is Valentina Shevchenko. That's how I put it. Um, but that's me. People don't like to agree with me, but I, I have a special place in my heart for Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, I just love the way she fights, and her antics inside and outside of the ring are just beautiful, in my opinion. Just the way that she does everything. She's very... She's so giggly and bubbly and nice, but she'll fuck you up. But... Ow. Yeah, if it was anybody else, Cynthia Calvillo would have been cut. Like, you don't, you don't miss weight that many times and then not get cut. You get cut pretty easily, especially in this age of the UFC. There's so many people who want to be there. If you can't make weight, you can go fuck off. That's what UFC says, not me. Also me, but it's not my place. Um, for the heavyweight fight, the main event. This, like I said earlier, was supposed to be Walt Harris versus Alistair Overeem, but unfortunately there was extenuating circumstances that made it so Walt wasn't able to. Very sorry for everything that happened to you and your family. It's so sad, and I wish you guys the best. Back to the fights. Jarzino Rosenstrike versus Alistair Overeem. This was a really good fight. People are trying to say that Overeem's long in the tooth, especially after he lost to a knockout like this. He was beating Jarzino Rosenstrike the entire fight, except for those last four seconds. Those last four seconds, he just got caught. That's what happens. And I think a lot of comparisons could be made to like this fight and then the Joshua versus Ruiz fight, just because. Alistair Overeem and um, Anthony Joshua needed to do the exact same type of strategy where they just can't get touched by this dude because we all know that Ruiz can knock out Joshua and we all know that Jarzinho can knock out anybody. Like, he's starching dudes with jabs. Like, he's fucking a monster. And then, yeah, yeah, he just, he caught Alistair Overeem in literally the last four seconds of the fight and with one of, if not the nastiest cut I have ever seen in the UFC, ever, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's like his lip ripped all the way up to his nose, essentially. It's a big cut. It's a big cut. And it was insane to see because you can slow it down in real slow motion and bop hits him and then it splits and it's very unfortunate to watch. But, again, like I said, that is fighting for you. It was a great fight. I loved watching you, uh, Alistair do what he does, but then get fucked up. It was sad to see, but that's what happens. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know what's next for uh, Jorginho. He's calling out, um, what's his name, that big ass heavyweight, why can't, Francis Ngannou, why do I keep forgetting people's names? This is what I do, I love UFC, and I'm over here forgetting names. Yeah, he keeps calling out Francis Ngannou, which is, no one's doing that. No one. And for him to do that takes a lot of balls, but I don't think he can, I think Alistair fucks him up, honestly, like, Jorginho's good, but I don't know if he has enough experience, like, in the UFC. Like, he's a decorated kickboxer, and he's really good, but... UFC's a different game, especially with all the grappling and the potential for ground game and everything. I mean, not that there would be a ground game with these two, but you never know. You never know. It'd be interesting to see. But overall, I really enjoyed this this card. I thought it was really good. I had a lot of fun watching the fights, seeing Tim Means fight. I love him because he's from my home state, New Mexico. Um, I love watching anybody out of New Mexico fight. They're actually coming. The UFC's coming to New Mexico in uh, February, I believe. Yeah, February. And I'm really hoping to go. I really want to go. Uh, tickets go on sale very soon. So, 10 days they go on sale. So, I'll hopefully be able to get some good good seats. Nothing too crazy. Um, now, I really, really want to talk about this next card. Next week's card is... It might be the best card of the year. It might be. I don't know. It's hard to... Uh, it's hard because the... The Diaz Masvidal card was really good. But this one... This one... Like, on the early prelims, they have Brandon Moreno, who's, uh... I love that dude. He's a little flyweight. He's a little ball of energy. And he's fighting Kai Kara France. I actually don't know who that is, but he's a New Zealander. And he's on a big win streak. And I think he might fight out of the same the same camp as uh, Volkanovski, Dan Hooker, and Israel Adesanya. So definitely interesting to see. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Brandon Moreno on that one. Um, I'm not gonna do any picks on any of the other other fights. Ooh, the prelims, the prelims. These are gonna be on ESPN two, uh, because this is a. A pay-per-view card. I don't think it's gonna do huge numbers, but I think it'll do all right. It's hard to do really good numbers with the paywall that they have going on with ESPN Plus. It's a pain in the ass to just even get the to even get the pay-per-view to play through that app. It's a pain in the ass. But first up, we have Matt Brown versus Ben Saunders. Oh, this is for the hardcores. This is for the people who've been around the UFC for a while and just love watching fights. Ben Saunders, UFC vet at 170. He's uh, fought in Bellator. He's fought, obviously, here in the UFC. He's got a lot of good wins. He's got, he's got, I think, the only, if one of the only, if not one of the only Oma Platas in the UFC, which is a crazy shoulder lock from the bottom. It's beautiful if you want to look it up and see what it looks like. It's a... It's masterful, masterful to watch somebody be able to do that to another professional uh, against Matt Brown. Uh, Matt Brown, I think his last his last fight was a loss, right? In Cerrone, and then before that he beat up. No, no, no. His last one was Diego. I got those mixed up. Yeah, he lost to Cerrone, and then he <laughs> fucked up poor Diego. He hit him with that crazy elbow over the top, behind the ear, and Diego just crumbled. Diego shouldn't be fighting at 170 anymore. Like, he's too small, I think, for 170. Even though, like, he did the Ultimate Fighter at, like, 185, which is crazy. I think back then, that's how they did shit. Um, I'm gonna go with Matt Brown on this one. I think he's hungry, and he wants to 
wants to fuck some people up, and Ben Saunders just stands in the way. Um, next, we have Ian Heinish and Omari Akhmedov in the middleweight division. I don't know about this one. I only really know, I don't even know much about him, but about Ian Heinish. He was on, like, the Contender Series, if I'm not mistaken. That's where we found him. Uh, he lost his last fight against Derek Brunson, but he looked good, really good before that. He had, like, four wins in a row. Um, and he's going against Omari Akhmedov. I don't actually know who this is. He's just one of those crazy Dagestani fighters. Um, oh, yeah, he's the dude that fought Zach Cummings last fight. Okay, 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 I remember that. At, at Abu Dhabi, yeah, 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 yeah. This, is guy, this guy's actually pretty damn good. Um, I think it's kind of a toss-up. I'll just go Ian Heinish. I'll go with the American. Uh, and then we have a women's bantamweight fight. I'm not going to lie. I don't know who either of these women are. I feel really bad because... Ketlin Vieira. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. I know this chick because she beat the fuck out of Ketlin Vieira. I remember. I remember. It was a split decision, but she still beat her. She still beat Kat. Like, that's a, it's an impressive win. It's very good. And then she's fighting uh, Irene Aldana. This one, I don't know. This chick, I don't know. But she's... Yeah, she's... Uh, yeah, ba based on records, I'm going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is 100% just based on records, I don't really, I haven't really watched a lot of these fights with these women, uh, I'm gonna go with, uh, Caitlin Vieira, and then, next up, we got Jeff Neal and Mike Perry, <sighs> I fucking hate Mike Perry, let me just say this first, before I break this fight down, <laughs> and, uh, let people know what's going on with who I think is gonna win, I fucking hate Mike Perry, he's the most annoying fighter in the UFC, but he's entertaining to watch. His antics outside of the ring, I I can't fucking take it, and I hate watching it. He likes to say the N-word because he has, like, 0.1% black in him. Like, just a bunch of dumb stuff. Like, I think he stopped doing that finally because you just can't fucking do that. That's not how the world works. You can't just use the N-word frivolously like that. But, anyway... He's a pretty good fighter. He's not bad. He's just got a lot of power. He's he's not very technical. He doesn't have a ground game, but he can hit hard. So he'll stick around in the UFC for a while. But uh, I think Jeff Neal's gonna beat him. Jeff Neal's uh, more well-rounded. Um, he's beaten really fucking good guys like Bilal Muhammad. Who I don't know if you guys don't know if you guys don't know who that is. He's a he's a good fighter. He's very consistent cerebral fighter um nico price obviously i talked about him earlier he's a great fighter he's the one that fucked up tim means he's been knocking people out off of his back off his back he knocks people out like a psycho but jeff neal knocked out nico price and i'm gonna say jeff neal by i'm gonna say decision i think he's gonna point him out if he's gonna smart if he if he finishes perry that would be very very impressive because Perry's hard to finish. The only, I mean, look at his last fight with uh, Vicente Luque. Like, Vicente Luque didn't didn't finish him, and he rearranged his face. But, I mean, Donald Cerrone tapped him, so if you're going to do it, he's probably going to be on the ground. And then, for the main card. The main card. We have three championship fights, guys. Say it with me. Three. This is amazing. Absolutely beautiful. I love seeing cards like this where they're just vicious, just top tier UFC fighters all fighting each other. This one is a little bit weird though because the first two fights 
are just really weird to me. So the first one is uh, Peter Yan versus Uriah Faber. Uriah Faber had stated after he beat up Ricky Simon and knocked him out that the only people that he wanted were like Henry Cejudo, and I think like one other, one maybe other, maybe two other people, and Peter Yan was not on that list. And Peter Yan is a freaking monster, and you really don't want to mess around with him. He's a world beater. That dude, he beat Jimmy Rivera. Jimmy Rivera. That guy's good. Very good. And decisively beat him, too. Same with uh, John Donson, decisively beat that guy. So he's on a little tear right now. So now this this is a good test for Peter. We get to see how good he really is. I'm gonna I still I'm gonna take Uriah though. I think Uriah's got that veteran mentality. He took that time off, which was really good for him. He kept training the entire time, and I think Uriah's gonna take it. I think Uriah might choke him out with uh, the famous uh, alpha male guillotine uh, round two. I'll say. And then we have Marlon Marais and Jose Aldo. This this fight scares the shit out of me, if we're being honest. Because Jose Aldo could barely make 145 when he was the champion, and now he's dropping down another 10 pounds to 135. Like, he could barely make 145. And now he's going to 135. Like, what in the actual fuck are you thinking, dude? If you look at the pictures of him, he looks so gaunt. He looks like... He looks like he's doing the weight cut right now. Or like from when I saw the pictures the pictures from like a week or two ago But he looks like he is doing like the the final weight cut right now where you dehydrate yourself and you do Salt baths and everything like that and like that's what he fucking looks like and it's bad And so if you know anything about getting knocked out in the UFC a lot of the time when people are dropping too much weight They get knocked out and so the science behind that is your brain essentially sits in like a like like a big old big old jar of water and that's your head and when you dehydrate yourself to make weight, the water is going to be drained out of there as well. Not just like your your legs and your organs in your like in your abdomen, those organs, but also your brain organ. Don't forget that that's a super important one. <laughs> and uh, it's very unfortunate that people are killing their bodies and then they're going to go down and get knocked out because they can't take the same punch, the same type of punishment at that lower weight because they are not fully rehydrated, especially getting rid of IVs, even though it was controversial about whether or not IVs actually help you rehydrate quicker, um, especially to the brain. It's a big old controversy, but it doesn't matter anymore because they don't allow that. You cannot use IVs. You cannot do any of this extenu uh, uh, um, extraneous, 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 yeah, whatever, any of this other stuff. Uh, and it's just, it's just, it, I don't think it's going to end well. I think Marlon Marias fucks Jose Aldo up, and I think he knocks him out in either the first or second round. I don't think this ends well. And I think Jose Aldo retires after this, and if he doesn't, he should move up all the way to 155. I do not like him here. It scares me seeing people that small, especially when they look that dehydrated like that. That's how people die. That's how boxers die. And I don't want a UFC fighter to do that, because for one, it's, it's obviously super sad for a human life to be lost. Um, especially at most of these guys' age, which is like the late 20s, early 30s, maybe mid-30s. And you don't want to see that. You really, really don't want to see that. And this is the type of thing that scares me to the point where it might happen. Hopefully. I'm really hoping that it doesn't. I'm praying that no, nothing goes wrong with this. And Jose Aldo looks good at this weight class. And it's not a problem. But I don't foresee it. I foresee a terrible, terrible result. Next, we have uh, women's bantamweight. Title, title fight, one of three. 
we have my personal my personal pick for the greatest of all time, Amanda Nunes, uh, has beaten every single uh, former 135-pound champion, is a two-division champion right now. The only person really, I mean, you can't really count Cyborg's other loss on her record, is the only person to really beat Cyborg, and especially the way that she did. She knocked her out cold. She sent Cyborg packing to a whole nother organization. Not to say that it was specifically that, but you could. I'm not saying it, but you could. Because she was, like, Cyborg was just this big, scary, boogie woman, and then Amanda Nunes fucked her up. I loved that fight. It was amazing. Amanda Nunes is, like, my favorite fighter. She's the best. She's the best of the round. Um, she's fighting Jermaine Durandamine, who fought Holly Holm, hit her after the bell twice, and still somehow won the belt, and then vacated it because she's a fucking scaredy cat and didn't want to fight uh cyborg and but now she wants to fight amanda nunez which doesn't make any sense because amanda nunez made cyborg look like a like an amateur like she fucked her up and jermaine ran me wants to fight that yeah that's not smart i think amanda nunez knocks her out again uh first or second round probably second round it'll probably take her a little second because jermaine is a uh crafty stand-up fighter she's actually beaten a dude she's one of the only i think the only ufc fighter that is uh fought in a different gender class and beat the person that was pretty impressive there's a video on it somewhere i think she knocks him out to tko but still knockout um yeah amanda nunez second round holds her title fully cements herself as the greatest ufc fighter in the world in my opinion definitely the greatest woman woman's fighter of all time and it's great to see and what i don't understand is how she isn't pushed more they're pushing ronda rousey's basic bitch ass around but not amanda nunez amanda nunez the first openly gay uh i think combat sports champion i'm almost 100 percent positive she's the first openly gay combat sports champion which is amazing uh not 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 because like she's gay and that's amazing that that she won the title but that she's comfortable enough to be out in the open with it in a in a sport like this it's very cool very cool to see her liz caramouche there's a handful of them in the ufc and it's it's nice to see people just being comfortable with who they are that's all that matters in my opinion you just got to be comfortable with who you are and the fact that she's not pushed more and like on good morning america i think i saw her on whatever that dumb show is that mario lopez hosts i think she was finally on that so maybe she's starting to finally get some of the recognition that she deserves but she deserves so much more she really does. She deserves to be the biggest star in the UFC right now. Uh, and then she's gonna she's gonna be following or she's gonna be predating the uh, Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky fight, which is a uh, whew, that's a barn burner, bro. That's a good one. Both of these guys have cardio for days, and Alexander Volkanovsky hits pretty hard. He hits harder than Max Holloway, in my opinion, but it's it's going to be trouble hitting Max. Max is really, really good. He's the greatest featherweight of all time, in my opinion, and in most people's opinion. And he, the only fight he's lost, he's lost two fights in the UFC. One was Conor, I think only two. Conor McGregor in his very first fight when he was like 20 or 21 years old. It's a kid still. Nothing wrong with losing that. Oh, wait, no, he lost to Dustin Poirier twice. That's right. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. He lost three fights in the UFC. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Actually, four, whatever. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. At least all his fights, losses are in the UFC, though. That's actually really impressive. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really, really impressive. Um, 
yeah, it, it's not nothing to hang your head on. Nothing to hang your head on um, losing to Dustin Poirier, especially at a bigger weight class. Like he doesn't. That's not your weight class. Max. Max is a 145-pounder, and he's undefeated as champion in the 145-pound division. And then next we have... Actually, you know what? I'm going to talk about Alexander Volkanovsky real quick. He, he used to be a, he used to be like over 200 pounds, and he was a rugby player, and he decided to be a UFC fighter, and now he's whooping everyone's ass. He's got good wrestling. He's got good hands. Oh yeah, I need to do. I need to pick. Oh no, I think Max. I gotta go with Max. I can't pick against Max. He's too fucking good. What do I? What do I foresee? I foresee Max. I think he might just. I don't know if he puts away Alexander. Alexander's a monster. I think he just pieces him up and uh, wins by decision. Yeah, yeah, I'm going decision. Max Holloway, and then for the final title fight. Of the night, we got Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington, and this has been in the works for a while. Personally, I can't fucking stand Kamaru Usman. He is so annoying, and ugh, I just I, I just can't stand him. But he's a good fighter, very good fighter. Uh, he's got cardio for days. Same with Colby. I think Colby's got better cardio, and then. Technically, like, if we're just going based on, like, how they were wrestling, like, in, like, in what divisions they were in wrestling, Colby's a better wrestler, because he was Division 1, and then Kamara was Division 2, um, so Colby's a better wrestler on paper, um, Kamara Usman has more power, I'd say, but just because he throws with more intent, like, Colby will hit you with, like, 50 to 70% at most, but he's gonna be hitting you the entire fight, look at what he did to Robbie Lawler, who's a power puncher, he... He, didn't, he never gave him a second to breathe and in my opinion he whooped his ass he beat the hell out of him it was a good fight very good fight and then we have I don't know then we have like the whole who has better MMA grappling so uh, Colby has been taken down but he strikes more than Kamaru Kamaru's never been taken down in the UFC I think Colby has a 78% um, takedown defense rate, and of course, Kamaru, since he hasn't been taken down, he has a 100% takedown defense rate. I think their grappling is going to nullify each other, and then Colby's just going to beat him on the feet. There will be some grappling, just to, like, test each other, um, but I think Colby's going to win. I don't think Kamaru's got it, especially, like, with all the stuff that Kamaru said about his knees and everything like that on the Rogan, on Joe Rogan event, like, or Joe Rogan podcast, like, if he, if Colby doesn't take advantage of that and throw some good side kicks to the knee, like, oblique kicks to the knees, um, going for the leg kicks, then he's definitely, um, not taking advantage of very, very personal information that should be classified. You should not be telling people where you're hurt and everything like that when you're a fighter, because if I was fighting, the very first thing I would do is kick that person in their knee if it's hurt, um, kick, like, if they had an elbow surgery, i throw a roundhouse kick right to their elbow it's just how it goes you're trying to hurt that person and you're trying to win and you got to take advantage of every little thing you can so i don't think it was smart for kamaru usman to let everybody know what's going on and how bad his knees really are but we'll see we'll see i mean he do it doesn't really show how it doesn't show on uh fight night how bad his knees are it doesn't show but 
we'll see what happens we will see um and normally i don't talk about boxing unless it's a big fight but i do want to talk about ruiz and joshua just because it was so disappointing to see not not that joshua's um uh performance wasn't good it was a very very good performance he did exactly what he needed to do you cannot brawl with someone like ruiz who's smaller than you faster hands and arguably just as powerful um i don't you can't you can't you gotta you gotta stick and move just like he did he does like there's a reason they picked a bigger boxing ring because uh they knew this was going to happen. He knew he wanted to do that. He didn't. He wanted to be on his bike the entire time. For those of you that don't know, when you're saying you're on your bike, it just means like pedaling away, like getting getting out of the out of out of the danger zone, uh, which is a very very good um, tactic for Joshua to have used, and it worked to his advantage. He won. But what I want to talk about is the fact that Ruiz did not go into training camp until like September, but they wanted them. I think they wanted him there in July or something crazy or something like that. Maybe, you know, I might have the months off, but he took two months off that he wasn't supposed to take off two months off. You know where I see that in that fat fucking gut of his. He came in 20 pounds heavier, 20 pounds. And Joshua came in even lighter. So with that being said, Ruiz fucked up. And now he is the Buster Douglas of our era. No one will ever consider him a real champion. And it's very unfortunate because I loved Ruiz. And I really wanted to root for him, root for the underdog. And I thought he was going to work his fucking ass off to cement his legacy. But he didn't. He indulged. He had a, he had millions of dollars. And he doesn't need to pay attention anymore. He could have cemented himself as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. The great, like, to beat Joshua twice would be very impressive. Especially like a, a like a prepared Joshua, one that didn't get knocked out during the training camp. Even though I did hear some rumblings that maybe he got knocked out this training camp again, but that could easily be, excuse me, that could easily just be rumors, obviously. Um, but yeah, it was it was the exact fight that Joshua needed to fight. But is does that Joshua beat Fury or Wilder? Fuck no. Fuck no. Wilder starches that Joshua. Because he, Joshua did get hit by uh, by Ruiz that fight, not not obviously not as many times as he did before or as hard in the first match, but he got hit, and you get hit by Wilder, you're a dead man. I mean, like it looked like Fury died. That hit in the twelfth round, it looked like he died, but he rose from the fucking grave like the Undertaker. The memes were amazing. It was great to see, um, but yeah, it was. <sighs> It was very unfortunate. I really, really wanted Ruiz to win, obviously. Me and my friend Audacity, shout out Audacity. We talk about this all the time. He's one of the only people that I can talk boxing with because he knows what he's talking about. I hate talking fights with people who, like, I barely know what I'm talking about, like, we're being honest. Like, I know a fair amount, you know what I mean? But I'm not an expert. But when people that know absolutely nothing and they're like, oh, Joshua's washed up and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you got to remember who he beat and how he's done it. He's been knocking everyone out. Not like Wilder, but he knocks people out. Like, not that Klitschko. Klitschko. Dude was a Russian beast. He made... He was being people so, like, handily and whatnot that he made the heavyweight division boring. Like, how does that happen? That's how good Klitschko was. He made heavyweight division boring. That's how good his boxing was. And for Joshua to beat him like he did was very impressive. So you can't say that Joshua isn't a good fighter. But do I think he outboxes Fury? No. Do I think he knocks out Fury? No, because that's what you need to do. No one's going to outbox Fury. No one 
in the heavyweight division will ever, not will ever, but at this moment in time, no one in the heavyweight division outboxes Tyson Fury. And so if Joshua tries to fight the fight that he did this time against Ruiz, if he takes that into a Wilder, or I mean into a Fury fight, he gets fucked up. He gets pieced up. He gets outboxed and he gets embarrassed in my opinion. And then if he fights, I don't know how he's going to fight Wilder. I don't think I don't think there's a way for Joshua to beat Wilder because Wilder can get hit, but we know, we've we know this from the very first Ortiz fight. He gets hit, but he can he can recover very quickly. Uh he recovered extremely quickly. He was hurt at the end of I can't remember which round it was. At the end of one of the rounds, <clears throat> uh Ortiz hurt him really bad. He came back and knocked out Ortiz. So we know for a fact Wilder can take a punch. We know for a fact Fury can take a punch. We know Joshua can get knocked out. And what does Wilder not do? He knocks people the fuck out. So I think I think the fight that I really want to see is obviously uh, Wilder Fury. I personally don't give a shit about Joshua fighting right now. Because he's going to be fighting his mandatories. Unless he does a, a rematch with uh, Ruiz. And even then, it's like, none of those matches interest me. None of them. I, I don't give a shit. Unless he's fighting Wilder or Fury, I don't give a shit about Joshua right now. And that's what's unfortunate about boxing right now. And that's why the UFC is doing so much better. Because we get a fight card like this. Kamaru Usman, Colby Covington, two of the best welterweights in the world, fighting each other when they're supposed to, in their prime. Max Holloway, Alexander Volkanovsky, the greatest heavyweight of all... I mean, the greatest featherweight of all time heavyweight. I'm an idiot. Max Holloway, the greatest featherweight of all time versus Alexander Volkanovsky, an up-and-coming contender who came out of nowhere and is beating the likes of Chad Mendez and all of these other former contenders. And that's what we get. And then we get another one. Not just two title fights in one. We get another title fight this weekend. Amanda Nunes, the greatest female fighter of all time, of all time fighting Jermaine Durandamine, a former 145-pound title holder. Like, this is crazy. Most of the fights on the main card are title fights, guys. If you're gonna watch a UFC fight, watch this weekend's fight. Watch them. Watch them, watch them, watch them. They're gonna be beautiful. They're gonna be works of art. That's what, I, that's what I'm thinking. All right. Well, that is the end of the episode, everybody. I really appreciate anybody who's listening right now, uh, especially all the way here at the end with my ramblings for almost an hour just about MMA and boxing. I really appreciate you. Much love. Shout out to all of my Mixer fam. I love all of you, Babylon Don, Mixer Harrison Jr. I don't know why I put Mixer in front of his name. It don't matter. I'm going to sing it anyway. Blackest, Amali, Roland, all y'all. All y'all, team having fun. Oh my god, Chet, everybody, everybody from the Empire fam. Much love to everybody that supports me and my dreams of being a streamer and a podcaster, uh, talking shit. I just want to get paid to talk shit, and I appreciate everybody who supports me in my dream. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Much love, everybody. I will see you next time.